Long ago, when there were no calendars to dictate our schedules, the ancient peoples of Northern and Western Europe and Germany looked to the sky and the seasons, taking cues from Mother Earth to determine when to plant and when to harvest, when to work hard and when to rest. They honored and celebrated the strong connection they had with the earth. Over time, these times of honoring and celebrating have turned into what we now call the Wheel of the Year. The Wheel of the Year consists of four solstice and equinox days, Yule, Ostera, Litha, and Maven, and four fire festival days, Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa, or Lamas. We celebrate today as a way to connect with the earth, something much needed in our hectic, climate-controlled society. Thank you for joining me for these eight bonus Earth Connection episodes. Hello, everyone. This is Angie, host of the Nature Nurtured podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is another Wheel of the Year episode, and it's going to be focusing on Yule and the winter solstice, which are, when this comes out, it'll be just a little over a week before those things happen. The winter solstice, of course, is just one day. It's December 21st this year for us folks in the Northern Hemisphere. And then Yule also kind of kicks off at that point and goes into, oh, January 1st-ish, I I would say. So um, anyway, yeah, so today's episode is all about Yule. I included just some things that I enjoy doing at this time of year, some traditional things that have been Yule slash Christmas traditions for a long time, things that I had not really ever heard of until the last couple years that I had heard on other people's podcasts. So I thought I would share them here just because I think they're kind of neat traditions and they, it's just kind of funny how things that we, that have become traditions and we don't realize always where exactly the roots are. So I thought I would just um, share some of those. I thought they were, they were fun. Um, Also just kind of like a, a side note, when I share the things about Yule and Christmas, the, the things that I have gotten are from websites or other people's podcasts and I choose the stories that I have heard or read on in several different places and so I feel like there has to be some validity there if I've seen it in multiple sources heard it in multiple sources however I am sure you know some of these things we don't really always know if it's the exact correct version or the exactly correct origin of some of these stories. So I just want to kind of put that in there as like a disclaimer. There could be some things that maybe you have heard that are a little bit different than what I talk about. But anyway, I thought that it was just fun to share. So I wanted to bring some of those just because I enjoy hearing things like that at this time of the year. It just kind of helps get in the spirit. And yeah, and I just like I said, I share some of the things that I have been doing and I plan to do again this year. One thing that I don't think I talked about that I am looking forward to doing for Yule is I want to again this year dry 
the orange slices and pop the popcorn and string those up with the cranberries and make kind of a, a nice festive garland from those. I do mention, um, when I talk about wassail, I definitely will be making that again this year. Um, I don't know. Other than that, I've been trying to like really be intentional with my gift wrapping. I've started earlier than normal as far as I usually wait to wrap until like the last few days before Christmas. But I just know that time is kind of short, just like with it being on the weekend, it just seems like I've, you know, you kind of lose a weekend of preparation there. So I've been trying to kind of do it a little earlier so it's not rushed and it doesn't feel like a burden or a chore because I want to enjoy and kind of savor the gift wrapping. It's not something that I hate to do. I actually do kind of enjoy it as long as I don't feel like I'm being rushed and pushed and like I have other things that I really need to be doing. So I, that's why I've been trying to be just more intentional about, t- intentional about doing that sooner this year and really trying to like add the nice touches of like the ribbons and bows and make them look pretty. That is something I have not always done in the past because I was kind of like, well, why bother? It just gets all ripped open anyway. But then I don't know, as I've kind of been settling into the season differently this year and really trying to enjoy every single day in this December month um, and just bring the magic and the specialness to the season, I've really thought, you know what, that's true. The, The paper does get ripped off really quickly, but there is something just kind of sweet about having a very thoughtfully put together package. And so I have been doing that and it has felt really nice. Um, I actually worked on that this morning while I listened to a book on Audible and it's a kind of a Christmas story. So I've been trying to find those in my free library. I, you know, you get one credit a month with that, but I try to find ones that just kind of come with it. So that's been fun. That's been a cozy, nice little treat finding those books that are just kind of like the cheesy, cozy Christmas themed. I don't know. Sometimes they're like romance or sometimes they're just, I don't know. It's, I have been enjoying those. They're easy reads. They're light. They're predictable really, but I don't know. They have all seemed to take place like in the English or Scottish countryside and like in quaint little cottages and I don't know, like it just makes me feel good. So that's what I have been doing. Um, also I've been trying to ward off the sickness that is like spreading like wildfire where I live. And so, um, and I just, I always drink this kind of tea, uh, at this time of year anyway, just because it does smell and taste Christmassy and I know that it's good. So it's like a cold care, um, tea that I enjoy. It's got like the elder flower and cinnamon and just different kinds of spices and they're supposed to be good for your immune system and also I don't know like I said it just kind of has that Christmassy kind of vibe to it so I've been consuming that daily and enjoying that and yeah um, it did hit our house this morning my daughter woke up with a fever so here we go. I am sure 
that we are all going to have some some form of whatever this is that has come to the house and that's okay. I'm trying to kind of just be ready to care for those who need it and know that, you know, I, I have the things that, you know, the, the essential oils and the different herbal things that can help. And then if we need regular meds, we also can have those hopefully. So, um, anyway, just kind of being ready to hunker down if necessary, if we all kind of wind up not feeling well this next week. So other than that, I mean, I've been trying to get outside before it gets dark, but you know, last night I even walked in the dark and there just is something really nice about going for a a nighttime walk in the winter when the sky is so crisp and, and clear and it's just, it's cold and it's, when it's not windy, it's just, I don't know, it feels, it feels good and the moon is still fairly full. So there is pretty adequate lighting and I don't know, I just, I just enjoy that. Another way of just kind of bringing magic into the day. So I've been doing that and yeah, just trying to find those little things throughout my day to kind of just make this time of year feel magic and special. So, and you know, and it's so, it's so easy to, to get lost in all the crazy busyness. Um, so I just feel very thankful that I've been able to kind of ground myself and, and just enjoy this time. I mean, um, last week we also had a band concert. My youngest is in band, plays the drums, or he's percussion. So I mean, that's a variety of things. But I enjoyed that. It, you know, it's just, it's so nice to just sit there and listen to, to the kids. They do such a nice job. It's, it's just neat to listen from you know fifth grade all the way up through high school, and, and they just, it's always very well put together, and the music always is just just right and it's early enough in the month where it just really kind of sets the tone and so I was thankful to have that last week as well. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you learn some things that maybe you didn't know and kind of just enjoy um, feeling in the spirit as Yule and the winter solstice are coming soon. Um, It's just hard to believe that after the 21st, the days will start getting longer again because it really just feels like that first day of winter should be still so much darkness ahead. I mean, and there is so much darkness ahead, but also there's this promise of, you know, every day the sun is out just a little bit longer than it was the day before. So um, while it feels like the dark, cold time of the year, there is this trend of getting lighter as we move towards spring. But again, that's really optimistic thinking when it is actually just the very beginning of winter. And I know that we have lots of cold, snowy, icy, windy, ferocious days ahead, but that's okay too, because that just means more days of coziness inside, even though I do worry about all the the cattle and the animals. And I know that it's it can be a bad deal if it gets too terribly cold. But for us humans that have sufficient heat sources and can just kind of hunker in and rest and relax in the evenings, it's kind of, it's kind of nice because it 
kind of pushes your, it pushes you to do that. Cause I don't, you know, if we lived in a place that was warm all the time and nice all the time, I don't know, would we, would we rest? I don't know. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing this time of year. So anyway, I hope that you all are well and avoiding the crud that's going around. And if you have it, please take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. And again, just really soak into the, or sink in to this magical time of year, this time of Yule and Christmas and solstice. And just remember to find the beauty and the magic in every day. And I guess with that, we will go ahead and hop into the episode. I'm so excited to talk about Yule. It is one of my favorite between Samhain and Yule. Those two are my very favorite kind of celebrations on this wheel of the year that we've been talking about since we started with in bulk in February. And yes, I just, I love Yule so much. And I really, I probably celebrate that and have that vibe longer than what the traditional time would be, but that is okay. It brings joy. And when it's the dark part of the year, you, you do what feels joyful when you can. So Yule and the winter solstice usually kind of coincide. The winter solstice this year is exact on, it is December 21st this year. Uh, It can kind of go between, I think the 21st and the 22nd. So give or take a day, but this year it is on the 21st of December. And so that would be considered that first day of Yule. And then Yule is celebrated from that winter solstice on through January 1st. And so when people talk about the winter solstice, they're typically just talking about the actual date that is the shortest day of the year, that solstice day. And then Yule is more of an ongoing celebration that is a little bit longer, but they do, they do coincide with each other. And many, many cultures around the world celebrate the solstices, whether it's the summer solstice or this winter solstice, because the sun was such an important focal point of those ancient civilizations. They, I mean, and even now today, it's important as well. But a long time ago, I mean, those, those, the people in those, I mean, you think of like Stonehenge, but there's other places too, where they, they built things so that like a temple or whatever, or some kind of a structure was built so that they could tell when those solstices actually were occurring the way that the sun shone through those structures at those times of the year, let them know, Hey, it's the longest day of the year today. Or, Oh, Hey, it's the shortest day of the year today. And that indicated the things that were to come next for them. So they, they were very much important. There were, they were very much celebrated because, Hey, we're always looking for an excuse to have a party. So that, um, you know, around that solstice time was definitely an occurrence. So the winter solstice, so it's the darkest day of the year. It's the least amount of sunlight, but it is celebrated as the return of the sun. And so I think here's where you have this ancient celebration of returning of the sun or the rebirth of the sun, as in S-U-N, sun. And then you have Christmas 
that gets kind of thrown in the mix there on December 25th. And it is about the birth of the sun, S-O-N. And so I think that's very interesting that, I mean, I think it's common belief that everybody kind of has accepted the fact that Jesus was not born in December. He was most likely born in the summertime, late summer, early fall is kind of what I was able to find. And so here we are like, well, why, why are we celebrating Christmas, the birth of Jesus, like months and months from his actual probable birth date? And I think Christianity, again, had to line up the holiday of the birth of the son, as in Jesus, with this celebration that was already occurring, which was the rebirth of the son, S-U-N, son, so that there was some buy-in. You know, there was already this established holiday. Okay, well, we're not going to get people to stop celebrating this thing that they've celebrated for forever. So we'll just attach a Christian holiday to it so that it's, you know, doesn't seem heathen. So I think that's, that's what has happened with that. And then, so you see where there's that connection there with the birth of the sun and the rebirth of the sun. So the, the holiday Yule, it is Germanic, um, or, or, and Norse in its roots. And, There are just so many traditions that are a part of Yule. So I will just kind of go into those. So Yule, you get this idea, you know, we have the song about the 12 days of Christmas and that's Yule. So that's funny that, you know, here we have this Christmas carol, this song that we, that we sing. And it really is about this, these days of Yule that I talked about from the winter solstice through the first of the year. I don't know that it's exactly the 12 all the time, but it's pretty darn close. And so this idea of having this extended Christmas time is what Yule was. And then also there's this connection of, the Norse tradition of the idea of Odin and the wild hunt. And you can, you can look at that online and see what that was. Odin and the wild hunt is what it was called, but it is very much parallel to this idea of Santa and the eight reindeer. So they think that there's definitely a connection there. And then of course we have St. Nick, which has turned into the Santa Claus. But then there's also this, entity and I think this is very much a a German thing um named Krampus and so this idea of Krampus was that he would travel with Saint Nick and while Saint Nick was passing out the you know the the presents and the treats to the good little children Krampus was the one that was either punishing the naughty kids or he was the one bringing the coal or whatever. So, or sometimes it was like he, he had the sack like on his back and he wasn't taking toys out of that sack. He was putting the naughty kids into the sack and taking them with him. So there was this whole idea of this Krampus figure 
So now we have Santa and this idea of being on the naughty or nice list and this idea of, you know, if you're, you're good, you get presents and if you're bad, you get coal or whatever. I mean, that's, that's traditionally has become a Santa Claus thing here in the U.S. But um, I think the original version was there were two different entities there. You had St. Nick and then you had Krampus and Krampus if you've not looked up a picture, like a, a drawing of Krampus, he's this half goat, half demon thing, and he is hairy. And if you look at his feet, he's got one that's an actual foot and one that's like this cloven hoof. And so he is quite the looker. Um, I'm sure it terrified children into being good, which was the point. Um, so anyway, yes, there you have the Krampus St. Nick traditions that come in. Another tradition associated with Yule is wassailing, which is also, it's become the Christmas caroling. So that's another ancient, ancient tradition. And what would happen during this time of wassailing was people would go into their orchards and they would bring like cider or this mold ale and they would either be reciting like incantations or singing to the orchard. And I think usually they would want to find what they would have considered like the oldest tree in the orchard or like kind of like the grandfather tree, you know, the elder tree. And that's where they would meet under this tree and they would be doing this, this chanting and singing and drinking of the cider or the ale. And the point was, was to it was to promote good harvest for the following year. And so if you look at the word wassail, it comes from this old word of waste hail. So it's spelled W-A-E-S and then there's a space H-A-E-L. And those, that means waste hail. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Waste hail means good health. So they were singing for the good health of these trees in this orchard and hoping that they would produce a really good harvest the next year because these people depended on their apple harvest. They depended on those apples to get them through the winter. You know, you can dry those out, you can make cider out of that. And so they needed that crop to produce. And so that was a tradition to meet in the orchard, to sing or chant to the trees and kind of give thanks, but also encourage this, um, a good harvest for next year. So I thought that was really cool. And it's really interesting how that has developed into what we now do as Christmas caroling. So it's changed some going from house to house and singing to the neighbors, but also, or whoever going from door to door and singing and you see different groups doing that. And, and it is all about bringing joy and hoping, you know, for good health and well-being into the next year. I mean, I think that's, that's the point behind the Christmas caroling. Now, instead of doing it to the trees, we do this for people. So it's kind of taken on a new, a new life, but also this is in this wassailing tradition that's where we get the the word like when we do a toast like when we raise glasses and toast each other this is it this has come from the wassailing so what they would do would they would uh, place a piece of toast into the the beer or cider cider sorry um like into the cup 
and they would let the the cider soak into the bread into the toast and then they would place that soaked toast onto the boughs of the trees to thank the trees to encourage them to feed them to wish them well so that they could produce in the next year so i thought that was really funny too this idea of toasting the trees and then now we toast one another we've just kind of carried it on to our human friends um, as we are not all really dependent on the apple orchards anymore as the people were that started this tradition so i thought that was really really interesting piece of information. Maybe you've heard this all before, but I had not heard about this until last year at this time when I was listening to other people's podcast episodes about Yule. So I thought that was super, super interesting with the wassailing. And also you can make what is called wassail. And so this is a warm drink and it is part cider. So part apple cider, part, you can put orange juice in there and then you can um, cut up orange oranges and put the slices in with this maybe put some lemon slices in there as well Uh, you can add cinnamon sticks and cloves and then also put some cranberries and then just kind of let it simmer whether it's stovetop or in a crock pot and it makes your whole house smell super yummy and Christmassy and it also tastes really good I mean it's super sweet with all the the juices in there but it is it is really I don't know. I love the way it smells and I, I love to, to drink it as well. So that is something that I did do last year. My mom has done that. Oh, it's been years ago that I first had wassail at her house. So she kind of has been doing that, but I had not ever made it myself until last Christmas. So um, that was super nice. I mean, everybody loves how it smells. The kids weren't super big fans. I mean, it's, it's really kind of sweet. I mean, a little bit goes a long way. It's not something that, and it makes kind of a lot. I don't know. I felt like I was drinking wassail for way longer than I should be drinking like juice. I don't know how good that was for me to have all that sugary drink, but you know what? It was a treat. It was warm. It felt Christmassy. It smelled good. So I was all in for that for sure. So that is the bit I have about wassailing and wassail. And then also, of course, mistletoe and is a part of the Yule or now Christmas tradition. Now, a long time ago, I mean, people did notice that mistletoe was the only thing that seemed to be growing during these kind of frozen months of the year. And so to see this plant vibrant and green and with the red, you know, with the berries growing when everything else was dead and frozen was like, oh man, that thing has some vitality to it. And so then that got associated with fertility. And so I will tell you that people didn't just used to kiss under the mistletoe. There were other things happening under the mistletoe in hopes that there would be a baby. So that's the original thing what they noticed with the mistletoe it was definitely about fertility and they definitely wanted that to be present in hopes that they would be able to procreate so if people were having issues for sure they were wanting to get to be under the mistletoe or have mistletoe present during the act in hopes that it would encourage fertility so I thought that was really interesting so now that people just um 
try to steal a kiss under the mistletoe is a lot more mild than uh, what it was originally used for, which I thought was kind of funny. So, okay, another Yule tradition that I hadn't really heard of until last year either is this idea. So I guess this gives a visual and I do think that people do sometimes act this out, but it is, you have like the Holly King. So the winter, the winter King here, and then the Oak King. So that would be more the summer King. And then they have a battle. So twice a year this is acted out. You know, you can have reenactors doing this dressed up and stuff or it also just gives a nice little visual in your head. You can just kind of imagine it. So you have these two kings battling. And at the summer solstice, the holly king wins. Because after that longest day of the year, the sun starts to be out shorter and shorter amounts of time. And that's because the holly king has reigned over the oak king. In at that time, the days start to get shorter because he won. The reverse happens at the winter solstice. Again, they battle and the holly or the oak king wins. And so from here on, the days are allowed to get longer. So like I said, I think there are some groups that actually do have, you know, do this dramatic play of this battle just for fun. But it also gives a nice visual to kind of think about the winter solstice and how even though it is the shortest day of the year as far as daylight goes after that the days start to get longer and we we start welcoming back the sun which leads to the last thing the last tradition that I'm going to talk about for Yule which is the Yule log and I mean I we grow up hearing about a Yule log I mean that wasn't unknown to me. And I I know that people make Yule logs to eat out of chocolate. But originally, the Yule log would be this big, I don't know if it like a trunk of a tree, like a big section of a tree, this big log that was cut down and brought into the home and fed into the fire. Now, sometimes this thing was so big that it was like, it was in the fire but it also was sticking out a window or a door. Like it was big. I mean, it was to last the 12 days of Christmas or Yule. You know, we say Christmas now, but it was to keep that fire going for 12 days without going out. Because if it were to go out, then that would be considered bad luck and a bad omen. So you would want to keep that Yule log burning for the whole 12 days. So you would definitely need a big chunk of wood to do so. So, and it was all to welcome back the sun. And I think um, there was traditions, Norse traditions of carving symbols into the tree before burning it. So symbols of protection for the home, for the new year. So yeah, I mean, that's that's what they did. It burned for 12 days. They were excited to welcome back the sun. The days were going to start getting longer. Now, they were we are a long way from spring when we're at the winter solstice, but I think there's just this idea of okay, we made it through the darkest point. It's only going to get better from here even though we have a lot of cold, nasty days ahead of us here in places where we experience winter. It is really kind of just getting started at that point, but I do think it's just like 
okay, but we're going to have more sunlight. It's not going to get any darker than it is now. So there is for sure that. But also what they would do with that Yule log is they would save a, a little piece of it for the next year. And that's probably kind of what they would start the fire with before bringing in the big Yule log for the current year. So yeah, there was always the tradition of saving a piece and using that in the next year as well. That was considered to be good luck. So I thought that was really cool. And I think people, I mean, I, I did a Yule log last year. You can just find like a little piece of wood. And then what I did was just wrote some intentions for the new year. And I mean, you can carve into it or whatever. You can just write on a piece of paper and, and stick it in with the Yule log and then, and then burn it. But that's, that's what I did. I think it was just, you know, for us now, it is definitely more just this symbolic kind of remembering. And I mean, we, we can do it on a much smaller scale. We don't need to have that big Yule log to warm our house. We're not going to be able to keep it burning for 12 days. So I think it's more just this, it's the intention behind it. Um, kind of, if you, I suppose you could do it every day for 12 days. If you wanted to just leave it burn for a little bit, you could have the same log that way. But I mean, you would be letting it go out. So I don't know. But I think, you know, really it is all about, it's all about the intention behind things. So that is that for the Yule log. And really, the, those are really the traditions that I could find that were associated with Yule historically. I think, you know, some of those things have now become part of regular Christmas traditions. It is just really funny how much of the ancient things have become the modern day Christmas things that were once, you know, this part of this Yule tradition, part of the winter solstice celebration. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, so other than the traditions, I just wanted to hit on the fact that the energy at this time of year is an energy of deep rest and reflection. It's really about being passive. And our ancestors were really, really good at this. They were really good about resting on these dark days because they didn't have electricity and so they couldn't be out doing. The fields were everything, you know, you can't, it's not growing season. So it's a time to rest and recuperate from the very, very busy growing season. That spring and summertime when there was a lot to do outside and there were a lot of things to attend to back in those days. You know, they... They had to be busy when there was light to do it and they could rest when it was dark. And I think they understood that it became this innate part of their lives. And we have gotten away from that because it never really has to be dark here. You know, with, with the way electricity is, I mean, we don't, we don't have to experience that darkness. And so, yeah. And I think you think about in the days where, you know, you had to have the the wood to heat the stove, you know, to heat your house that you had to burn the wood. Well, you also had to cut all that down yourself. So, you know, you sit around the fire in the evening, but I think people went to bed a lot earlier. They got a lot more sleep, a lot more rest because it's like, okay, well, 
let's save the firewood and let's just go, we'll keep it burning low, but let's go get in bed under the covers and stay warm that way. And then we don't have to use so much wood. And so I think it's just, well, just go to bed. So it was, it wasn't that they were just like, oh, you know, I think, I think I'll, it was, it wasn't so much an intentional act. Like we have to make this intentional now in our lives. For them, it was just the natural way of doing things. So um, I do try to bring that in because it is so busy during the spring and summer months and even really some of the fall. I mean, things just are busy and really it's busy all year round for a lot of people. There's always things to do. The kids always have activities. There's just always so much. It seems like You know, I think about Christmas and if you're involved in a lot of organizations, I mean, I can remember when I was a kid. So we would have the Christmas program at school. So you'd have your music program. You'd have the Christmas party for 4-H. You would have the Christmas program at church. You would have any other clubs or whatever that you were into. Everybody had to have their Christmas program or Christmas party. And it's like by the time, and then you had your own family stuff. Like you have to go to one side of the family for that Christmas and then the other side of the family for that Christmas. And, and then there's the Christmas shopping and then, you know, getting things ready for your own, your own families. And it just was like, December was like a blink and it was gone because it was so busy. And I was the kid involved in this and I felt the hectic the hecticness to it. I can't imagine what the adults were feeling, what my mom must have been feeling. It just seems like there everybody wants to have their thing to celebrate the holiday and it just almost is like to the point of burnout. But then if you don't do the things and people complain. So it's like what do you what do you do? But I just think sometimes we overextend ourselves so much at this time of year because you do want to attend all the things. You don't want to look like the one that's, you know, being the the Grinch about it. So you feel obligated to attend the things or have the things. And then really you get to Christmas and you're like, oh my gosh, now it's over. So I don't know. I've been really, as the kids have gotten older and we're not involved in so many things, I've been able to just have more rest and and time to just to do the resting and reflecting at this time of year. So I don't know. That's that's what's kind of encouraged. That's the natural inclination for our bodies at this time of the year is maybe get to bed a little earlier so you get more sleep. You're inside. You're not on the go all the time is kind of the idea, though in our modern day, not necessarily true. So that's, that's the vibe though, is this, this cozy time of year. So what I think are kind of neat activities or rituals that I have done in the past are writing. So this, this is different than the Yule log thing. So I think sometimes it's nice to end the year by writing down kind of the difficult and painful events that happened. Like write those down in journal style or just on a piece of paper, however you want to do it. But it does need to be physically written on paper. 
And really, if you can find some quiet time to do this in private and, and any emotion that wants to come up and out as you write about these things, as you remember about them, allow for that. So this is not something that you would want to hurry through. This is something that you would want to give time to so that you can kind of just honor these things that happened during the year and anything that might still be stuck and needs released from your body as far as like maybe you do need to have another cry about some of these things and let it up and out. Um, Now is the time. Now is the time to do that as you're writing them down. So doing that and then going ahead and burning that paper when you're done and burn it all the way, all the way to ash. And then you would want to put that outside. So the ashes of that paper that have those difficult things, those would need, those would need to go outside. Another thing that I just heard about yesterday that I think is neat too, you can gather up some like little rocks or pebbles and you can go for a walk and maybe as as you're walking you think of a difficult thing that happened in the year or something painful or or whatever that brings up that kind of challenging emotion and needs to be released so you hold so maybe put all of them in your pocket but you hold the one and you put all of that emotion about that event into that pebble like you just you hold it and you think about it and you just imagine all of that kind of negativity going into that stone and then you drop it on the earth and then you take your next stone out of your pocket and do the same thing and so you may just want to bring more than enough because if you don't use them all that's fine but you sure don't want to run out if you have some other things you want to make sure that you you get to do everything so the idea is is that you're putting the difficult painful memories into those stones And then as you drop them, they're leaving your body and then they're going back to the earth. So that's another thing that you could do as we kind of wrap up the year at this time. And then kind of more of a lighthearted thing would be to make a Yule jar. And so what you would need would just be like a little glass container and you would want to make a gratitude list. So all the things that just bring you joy and that you are so thankful for. Make a list of all of those things. And really, again, this is a great thing to do if you have some private quiet time and you can really feel this gratitude as you are writing these things on this paper. Like really allow those feelings to just be in your heart and be in your body and just to like kind of soak in the goodness of all of that because it does feel really, really nice to do that. So writing your gratitude list and then you will fold that up and put that in the jar. And then you want to, if you have like a clear quartz crystal, um, you put that in a cinnamon stick some greenery so like something from like the greenery from like a pine tree or a cedar tree and then maybe you want to put a little pine cone like or a little piece of a pine cone or something from a tree inside of that Um, I think I've used an acorn before too Um, and then some salt and also some peppermint oil and if you look up Yule jar. I mean, I think there's different variations, but it also will tell you what each of these things mean. But it's nice to just get all of these things in the jar, seal it up, 
And then I just usually put it on the windowsill. And then I just can kind of notice that, see that during throughout Yule. And then what I do is I leave all of that in the jar past Yule on into maybe, let's say, like in bulk or the time where you would maybe plant your garden. So like when it gets warm enough to plant. So that would be past in bulk for sure. So as you're starting to plant flowers or plant your garden, what you want to do is open up the Yule jar and then you can take the crystal back out, cleanse it or whatever, and then just discard the rest of this into, so you want to just dig a little hole. And I don't know that you have to put all the other things into the hole, like the salt and all of that and the greenery. I don't know that that matters, but the the gratitude list, you want to plant in the earth. And then it's the idea that that will, that that can grow as plants will grow. So you maybe want to put it in a flower pot or whatever. So that's what I do. I don't know that that's necessarily traditionally what's done with the Yule jar after it's finished. Some people I think are just done with it after Yule or whatever, but I just thought, well, why not have it until planting season and just plant it with the garden. So that's what I do. But anyway, so yeah, that is Yule and the winter solstice. And, you know, I hope that this has been informative for you. I hope that it's been a little bit entertaining. Hope you've learned some things maybe that you didn't know and have some little practices or rituals that you can incorporate into your routine at this time of year if you choose to do so. I hope that you all have a beautiful Yule, winter solstice, Christmas season. I hope that, you know, you have a chance to slow down a little bit. I know it can be so busy. Like I talked about earlier, everybody feels like they need to have their own event to honor this time of year and it can just get a little bit overwhelming. So I hope within that you have time to just be cozy, you know, have that time where you can just cozy up in your pajamas with a good book or in front of a fire somewhere, even if it's just watching a candle flame, you know, having that candle light in the house, journaling about the year, just kind of being okay with this idea of light and dark and, and holding space for both within you and just seeing the value in both the light and the dark. I think it's a nice time of year to just sit with that. And I hope that you find the time in all of the busyness to to be able to do that and to just be able to really be present with this season, to be mindful during this season um, and just bring some some peace and calmness into it where you can. Because I think you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if we can just slow down just a little bit, it would be, it would be good for, for everything in our life. So anyway, I hope again that you have a beautiful Yule season. I hope that you all are well. I hope that even if it's cold where you are, you've had a chance to get outside in nature and enjoy just the crisp, cool air and hopefully still get some sunshine too. And until next time, bye for now.
Thank you for listening today. I love having you join me. Even though I'm technically out here, just me and my dogs, it is exciting and heartwarming to know you are out there too, listening, walking, adding in your thoughts as we go. As always, I hope everyone has had a chance to nurture themselves with a little bit of nature today. Mother Earth always has the best medicine.